Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wayne, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. The most fascinating thing in manifestation is that love and money are always connected. And because they both represent security, they're the, the one thing that every human being is seeking and desires in order to feel safe. Where you're blocked in one, you're blocked in another. Hi, my name is Mark Groves, and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts, where I get to explore, alongside you, every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast, is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. Welcome back to the Mark Rose Podcast. Today I have returning guest, Lacey Phillips. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me back. This is so fun. This is our third time here. I think it is our third time, and my things have changed since the last time we jammed. You're going to have a baby. Yeah, I'm going to have a baby. You have a baby. Well, almost a terrible two. I know, I know. And we're there, too. We're definitely... It's so fascinating, right? Because so much of my work is inner child and shadow-based, like your work. And so... It's going to be fascinating for you to go through this rather than just a normal, ordinary parent, because you have so much education around that, that you're really, I mean, I find myself like you're really trying to preserve that for them, like a really healthy, authentic self, a really healthy self-worth, while also, you know, being able to experience boundaries, et cetera. And I feel like I'm in a really good flow with that with her um, and a lot of communication, a lot of conflict resolution for my partner and I 
in front of her because post her, I've been oh, much happier with him. <laughs> so I'm like always running through all the inner child stuff. So, and he is so aware of it as well because he's so receptive and I've taught him a lot about it. So we'll have things like yesterday, somehow our propane tank ran out because we have this um, cedar pool now and we were heating it up. And of course that was his fault. <laughs> It meant that in the house, we wouldn't have a lot of heat and our gas stove, you know, to cook wasn't working. So I was like, kind of bitchy all morning. And we were with her together because we're out like, you know, seeing the bees and feeding the donkeys and doing things like that. But we're so good at, um, he's like, okay, in front of her, he'll be like, I really want to apologize for it. And I'm like, for what? Like, you know, and so, and then I have to turn it around and like do some Imago. So we're really conscious of that. So that's something I'll be so curious to talk about with you at some point after you and Kai have really been like there because you guys get it and you know it and you know what you're trying to model and preserve for this upcoming baby. Oh my God, that sounds like uh, the responsibility that comes with an observer of how you dialogue, you know, that reactivity. I, I've even noticed it just with having a nephew who's 15 months old where I just witness my own limitations or the spaces I just haven't fully excavated. And, you know, I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on this with your partner. Just like, I think that we get a bit lazy in the way we manage dialogue with our partners, you know, or we might not go the full effort, like the full compassionate response. But when a child is watching, it really forces us to become even more integrated adults. Completely. And I feel like that's the spot, unlike you too, that I haven't worked on enough. You know, like that's my piece because I don't think he holds me accountable as much as I should be held accountable to really integrate the way that my mother treated her partners. So now that there is this little observer all the time, I mean, we're all co-sleeping together. We're together a lot. Like it's the coolest accountability to have around now because had we have not had her, I think I would have been lazy in this place for a long time. And it's really interesting because now that she's socializing with other kids, um, you know, I'm, I'm a projector, like I'm really observant of patterns and there are these these two kids around her that can be a little bit, I don't know, like she's a more submissive kid to some kids because they're older or whatever. And so they can be like, that's my, you know, like push her around and stuff a little bit. And I used to be a preschool teacher. So I'm able to like use rise skills, but also skills of like, hey, we keep our hands on our own body. Anyway, all this to say, it's fascinating because I look at the two commonalities with those those children that are like that with her, and they there's a lot of tension and distortion in the parents' relationship, you know, versus... Uh. So that's a really fascinating thing to see, whereas when I see her with, say, another kid the same age as the ones that are doing that, the parents who have really healthy, you know, communication respect, et cetera. It's not perfect, you know, but there's there the tools are there and they're a team. And the parents I see that with, those kids play so well with her. And so it's really interesting to see. I can always I'm always watching, right? I'm like, oh wow, these two kids, what they're seeing at home of what love is and how to connect and how to, you know, like communicate. It's um 
you know, if you have a more submissive party, you're going to treat them what you see that the more submissive party is at home. So it's actually the coolest thing ever that's integrated all of my work with shadow and inner child and manifestation to go like my one objective with her is to get out of this, that she's her whole worthy, authentic self. And that's going to come with conflict. It's going to come with trauma, et cetera. But to have the tools to be able to navigate that in her authenticity, in her worth, in her self-esteem. So I can't wait for you two to be in that space. And it really starts to, I mean, it starts from birth, of course, but it really starts to pick up, like you're saying, right where your nephew is, like after a year, 15 months, and they're like, online they're talking they are uh mimicking and i can see with her it's just it's so i wish every parent would reparent themselves and have the education and knowledge just you know minimal it doesn't have to be a ton the awareness because like that really is the shift in the world period like it's just the shift in the world yeah agreed that ability to change oneself to take responsibility for our own behaviors our own way that we handle relationships conflict because you know when i see like you know people i know whose kids and i look at like how the kid responds to different things or how the parent responds to the child i'm constantly just observing i had a conversation the other day with my father-in-law and he said you know we'll talk to you guys in 17 years you know essentially because we were talking about yeah. childhood. I totally appreciate that because I get it. You know, I'm not like living blind thinking my child's going to grow up with zero wounds and zero. No, because that actually I don't even think is a sign of great parenting. I think that's like I might as well just be, uh, what do they call them, chopper parents, like the hovering over them. Which, yeah. you know, if we look at the world today, has really created a lot of younger people who don't know how to sit with discomfort, who don't know how to sit with emotional challenges because their parent was constantly rescuing them from dysregulation. So they don't know how to self-regulate. I think in a lot of ways, too, that feeds, has fed cancel culture, uh, which is obviously a very complex beast. But you know, that's just one aspect that can contribute to it. It's going to be a learning opportunity. There's no doubt. You know, anyone I know who has kids has said to me like, oh, you thought you had your poop in a group? You, you who don't know. And I'm like, oh, great, great. That's awesome. It is awesome. And like, especially for somebody like you and I, who are like, I want to, I want to learn more. I want to change more. I want to, I want to evolve. It's the coolest thing. And I think, you know, the direction that you two sound like you're headed in, I would say like, what's been the most magical piece of it is having land and space. Like, the nature, yeah. you know, when I was speaking to like Gabor Mate last year, and that was his big thing. He was like nature, nature. And we know that we all know that that's what we come from. That's what we are. But like, it gives us room to slow down enough to witness like, oh, I, I was having, a, you know, what was happening the other day, she saw, I was really upset about something. I can't remember And I was crying and she was like, mommy's sad. She's really about processing sad. Like sad's a big one for her. She like loves the sad pumpkin book. (laughs) Like of all the emotions, that's one she likes to process. (laughs) And we got to go outside and slow. And like, I like to teach her like how to regulate. Like you're saying, you know, it's like, let's look at the leaves. Do you hear the wind? What do you, you know, like that stuff, like really a lot of somatic. Like I'm trying to give her those tools because she's very Vata like I am when, like when things get, up, they get up and up and up and up and up, you know? And so I like to be able to give her those tools to ground. But while we're outside and we're doing the somatic and having the space in the nature, I could be like, yeah, 
I, I was, mom was feeling really sad about this and this is why, and like to really communicate it to her. So she has those tools and a really interesting thing to play on what you just said. Like, so my partner, Max, he, his aunt and uncle, they're our fate. We love them. Like out of the whole family, I would say there are expanders, like how they live their relationship, how they parented. And they're up against a really fascinating thing. You know, he's, a th- they're both therapists, in fact, and they're both therapists and they, they raise their daughter in not a weird therapist way. A lot of like what we're doing <laughs> and what you'll be doing and what we're talking about. Cause I, I find that sometimes therapists really fuck their kids up, you know, or so, you know I'm sure we get this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they didn't. And so, but the, the fascinating thing that they're up against their daughters in college, I think she's 20 now, she's maybe 19 or 20. And she's re- her big way to um, individuate and to rebel against them. Cause it's the mom that's like, if she wanted to get a tattoo, she's like, I'll take, you, you know, it's that kind of parent who just really showed up and supported, but didn't helicopter, talked about feelings, gave tools, gave all of that. Her now, what her daughter says to her, she's like, I don't have any trauma, I can't relate to anybody. Like, I don't, oh, it's, God. It's, it actually yeah. feels so. And you know, her mom, her mom will be like, Tell me about that, how does that feel? And she's like, How annoying must that be to be the mom that's saying that? <laughs> but they can laugh and they can joke about it. They're like, Oh, wow, we raised a really healthy, self esteemed person who actually it's really hard to connect with people because she hasn't been through anything like that traumatic so it's actually a really fascinating balance and like what you're saying to experience the world and and not be rescued which I don't think they did for her a lot I don't think they rescued her a lot but they did keep keep her self-esteem and everything pretty intact so that must be interesting to walk into the world and be like one of these more conscious you know, consciously raised children that's like changing the shift, but not being able to like be met with all these other kids that are just totally like getting drunk to check out and numb and da 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 and sex and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, I want to do those things. But there's also a part of me that kind of knows like why I don't want to do them all. You know, like she gets it. She's not trying to numb out. So how interesting that must be to be surrounded by a lot of wounded people (laughs) not know how to like (laughs) connect on that point. I'm in Vegas right now. So when you uh, go to the Strip, you see a lot of that playing out of wounding, which I visited Vegas as a, you know, for a bachelor party and played out wounding. So I get it now. I like see what's going on there. Obviously not everybody, but when I see it, I can just see it. And I'm just like, oh man, this city just monetizes a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea of two of how does one raise a self-regulating you know, kid in the center of a city in a, you know, when systems are traumatic, all those types of things where there is more stimulus. And really that is, you know, the act of rebellion is being able to do that even within those systems and also to opt out of them. Because, you know, I know lots of people all over now who are moving to the country in any way they can to be on the land, to be with the land. And, you know, I look at the future and I think about how, I wrote a substack on this recently. We'll put the link in the show notes, but I wrote it just about how there will be a point where we're sort of choosing our way towards more technology. And maybe that's integration with technology even, or no technology or very little, and really being with land. And gosh, maybe it's because I'm like Gen X, Y, 
that I'm, I remember life before. So I actually do have a craving towards it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I feel like there's a lot of young people who crave it too. So, you know, if you're young and you're listening, I'd love to hear that. You know, what, it, what are you being called towards? Because kind of like the future of business today, business today often requires technology, right? And it's like, how do we dance with it while not letting it totally dysregulate us? Because we are not designed from a nervous system perspective to be with technology all the time. And yet I find even with myself, knowing that, that I am competing with the biological stimulus that comes from a phone. I watched my nephew who literally never watches TV, never uses phones. Every once in a while, we'll show him like a video or something. Yeah. And we'll like show him a video of him dancing or like doing something. Yeah. He, the same. You know, he, it's not yeah. Limited. But man, he like looks at it and he's like, can ha- he can operate it. Yeah. And he's like more. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. How are you even addicted? Like you've had no, he doesn't even know what you can find on there. Like there are so many teddy bears and animals and, and I'm just like, wow, he's not even exposed to it. He doesn't even, technology is not used by his parents to regulate him. He has a parent or a caregiver or like we live with them right now. So he has one of us to be able to co-regulate with. I'm curious the correlation of what we're talking about this and the correlation to the nervous system of your work, because um, how children, how having a child has informed your work maybe further. And also maybe you can actually, for the listener, explain a bit of what the work is that you do. This is a conversation that's always going on in our household. And it's like you, I'm actually just always philosophizing it, you know, because I, you know, I'll explain the work and stuff, but it's interesting, you know, having a child because we're very similar to, you know, how you're either, I don't know, your in-law, I don't know who they are that's this nephew's from, how they're parenting. Oh, you know, sorry. Like yeah, my Kylie's twin. Twin. Got it. Okay. So yeah, so limited. Um, and so we're also like, how do we rate, and this I think is just such a philosophical question, like you're saying from a nervous system, biological standpoint, how do we raise her to where she has the tools needed to choose either direction in life? Um, analog or not, you know, like how can she farm with the chickens, but know how to blockchain? That's where we're going. You know what I mean? So it's an interesting (laughs) philosophy. (laughs) I like that. I like that. It's like from chicken coop to crypto. Totally. I think about that a lot, right? Like my dad, I remember when he was really trying, he was a 20 year old dad and he's trying to teach me how to count and multiply. And the way he did it, that was really intriguing that I always appreciate his version of like how, and we, this was on a ranch where we had, you know, uh, chickens and, and cows grazing, et cetera, cattle. He taught me through, to do that through playing poker with uh, chocolate chips. Like I love, I, I want that variety for her, but like to explain my work a little bit and get into the nervous system and how it's been informed by being a parent. So for those that are new that may not be familiar with me, I developed a version of manifestation, realizing I had gifts. One of them is claircognizant, meaning I just know things. It's the hardest gift to have because it's not like I see the future. I don't hear messages. Things come into my head and I just know them. And that's how the system of manifestation came about. 
And it's very different than the law of attraction or the secret or many of these more abstract uh, versions of manifestation are that exist because the fundamental foundation of it is that it's all based in our subconscious. It's just like you're teaching. It's all based in our subconscious. It's completely backed by neuroscience and um, psychiatrists. So we have that fully backed. And basically the three big factors that are different about our process Um, unlike the familiar new age manifestation that exists out there is that one, we don't manifest from our thoughts. We manifest from our subconscious mind, the imprintation we took in of everything we experienced from zero to seven, 14, if I'm being generous. And of course, beyond that, any trauma we've experienced. Um, So just pure straight neuroscience. Um, And then the second piece is a lot of things you'll hear in manifestation is fake it until you make it visualize, visualize until you can smell and see it, etc. And something that I realized very early on, it's the what we call expanders. So again, it's just another form of neuroscience we have to see to believe. If we are manifesting you know, this mansion and what like whatever, you know, the silly thing that's we were never exposed to as a child, we still have never been exposed to in our career, in our adult lives. And we're just sitting there visualizing or a relationship, for instance, that we, our parents and our caretakers and the people that modeled relationships to us growing up did not at all signify what we're calling in. And we've never experienced or witnessed that. We have to go out and find expanders. We have to go literally see to believe, to show our subconscious that it's safe and that's possible. And then the third component of it that I never heard about and I figured out very easily from my gifts is called aligned action. And so a lot of the times we're tested from the universe and this will ring true to anybody who's ever manifested something really big. And before it came in, were you tested to see if you would settle for the old things you used to settle for in the past? So let's take relationships like you had that emotionally unavailable partner, you finally let them go, or there was a breakup, and you started to call in the next relationship. Did you start to the list, let's say you were calling in that next experience, people will come or dating experiences will come to test you, are you going to settle for the same stuff you used to settle for? So taking aligned action, passing those tests, jumping off cliffs, etc. So it's a manifestation process that's, that's just really dealing with your inner child, your shadow, and it works. And so like the really cool thing about it is that we have now thousands of testimonies. Um, And so on our site, when you go to the motivation, the testimonial porter, we always say that's the first place to find expanders because on it, we have it all like labeled out, whether it's you're calling in home or money or career or relationship or et cetera. And then we have hundreds of them. It's so cool because you get to read them and they walk you through their entire process because our process is step by step. A, B, C, D. First, you learn the process, then you go right into dealing with your inner child, right into shadow, and beyond that, learning the energetics and how to read, basically dancing with the universe. And so a big part of that's expanding, and you'll read, and you'll get to like see the photo of the person and the Instagram handle and exactly how they did it to manifest what they wanted. That's the process in a nutshell. And now how it's really informed like being a mother has informed my work. I like to say that um, I feel like I'm cursed with my own work as being a parent because sometimes it's like, man, I wish we could just turn on the TV and eat, you know, sugar coated Cheerios and just fucking zone out. But there's no point that I can because I'm way too aware of inner child and shadow. (laughs) 
I'm way too aware of it. And But the coolest thing is, I know I can't do this on my own and I am privileged to need support in this process, especially to do work and manage like a farm and the things we have going on that um, it was so cool to be able to manifest the perfect, perfect caretaker. We had like, she is so conscious and with it and gets it and had done my work oddly before coming in. So oh, she's wow. so That's informed cool. by inner child and she, it's the coolest thing. Um, so like Gabor Mate, what I really appreciated is he really like talks about the village and any archetype hunter gatherer parenting, you know, philosophy will talk about that. And she really does have the village around her that can like show up and support her in our blind spots. And we all do that for each other. And it's just really cool. But I would say like probably the top three things that has shifted since becoming a mother in like to be magnetic and the work is we've brought in somatic experiencing through our licensed and family therapist, Janelle, who really helps us like create all of our hypnosis process because the way that one you know, changes their subconscious programming within our work is a very, very specific hypnosis process that we use. A lot of people who aren't familiar with that, it's just a very simple type of meditation that has been completely structured with um, neuroscientists and therapists using EMDR-informed work, somatic experiencing. And somatic became so big to me after being a mom because of just what you said, regulating, like learning how to... The only way a child can, their nervous system has no way of regulating outside of us, especially as a newborn on until they reach a certain age. So like I had to be so aware when she was little and all of the caretakers, my partner, Nadia, who supports us, of how to keep our nervous system regulated at all times in order to help her co-regulate. And now she's at a place where we're getting to show her how to regulate and use what these tools like somatic experiencing and then also, so that's a big piece we've incorporated into our work. And then the EMDR informed pieces. So uh, Janelle's also an EMDR therapist, like a phenomenal one. And beyond that, she was a client of mine early on in manifestation. So she like knows this work in and out that she helped us create our new hypnosis. And why that's so big is post having Teddy Theodora, but she goes by Teddy, like, I had thought I had addressed most of my inner child stuff. It's an ongoing process forever. It's a whole new layer. And for me, I needed to super speed the process of unlocking and unblocking that stuff and creating new neural pathways quicker. Most importantly, like desensitizing the emotions surrounding certain events. And I found EMDR to be just one of the fastest. I've, I've practiced it for a long time, but post being a mom, I'm like, that is so important. So we were able to work with Janelle to incorporate that into all of our um, hypnosis process. And now we're able to incorporate like the journaling process that one does within our work with that. So it's like very it's very therapeutically informed, I guess, is the best way to put it. So a lot of people will say like, whoa, your new deep imaginings are a whole new thing. It feels like 10 years of therapy in one session. I'm like, yes, it's working. So I hope every parent does this. And of course, anybody who wants to manifest anything in their lives. 
As you know, I eliminated the use of caffeine, and now I've reintroduced it just a little bit in me choosing how it participates in my life, which I like being in control of my relationship with any substance that stimulates me in my mind. And add to that that I really wanted to find something that allowed my brain to perform at its best possible level. I'm in conversations all the time. I'm recording videos. I'm doing podcasts. And so I need to be at the highest performance I can possibly be. So I've been exploring things like nootropics and adaptogens. I absolutely love this company, Cured Nutrition. I love its origin story. It's fully aligned with my values and the integrity to which I want to live by. The product that I love is called Rise, and it's a nootropic that's formulated by their in-house clinical herbalist. And it contains a blend of lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and a broad-spectrum CBD. I love this product. It has allowed me to have greater mental clarity and performance. There's no caffeine in it. So in that time of that midday coffee, I don't have to take it. You get no jitters, you get no crash, and you're getting those functional mushrooms, the adaptogens, and the cannabinoids. And it leaves your brain on fire and your to-do list just gets crushed so this company as i mentioned i love and they are extending an exclusive offer to you my listeners you can go grab rise and any of their other products for 20 percent off just go to www.curednutrition.com slash create the love and you use the code create the love at checkout once again that's c-u-r-e-d nutrition.com slash create the love and use the code create the love at checkout to save 20 percent remember that product is called rise and it is incredible. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Well, I think so many of the people listening want to either manifest relationship, a healthier life in general, money. You know, it feels like the common human desires are like the love we've always desired, right? The one that we, which I think is different than the one that we're sold by Disney or or rom-coms, you know, very different, you know, because it's not this elated thing that makes you float away. I think really deep love and connection actually grounds you which is a, a foreign thought often, um, not always, but also the desire for money. Because one of the things about existing in the systems that we exist in, at least my belief is, I'm curious what you think, uh, that the way out of them is actually to, to generate the income to be able to leave in whatever capacity that is. I think it's a different number depending where we want to live, how we want to live. But, you know, it is how do you dance in the system and use the system? Like play the game when you need to play the game. And I think part of what we don't understand both relationally and monetarily is that the limitations that we usually hit, as you were saying, are unconscious. We don't even know that the reason we're not calling in the partner or creating the partnership with the partner we're with is because we're afraid of the upper limits or have never seen beyond what we're trying to achieve. So if we've never witnessed really powerful partnership, we're not going to know how to create it. And we might not even think it's possible. So like you said, expanders are required. Being around and witnessing people who are in healthy, deep connections, looking at and learning about how people move with money. Like I have friends who grew up in families that 
their parents were entrepreneurs and business people. And they just like, there was never in their mind anything that was a limitation because they witnessed their parents blast through limitations. As where I grew up with parents who had your sort of standard rules. My dad was a provider. My mom stayed at home and she went to university and all the things. And those were still great examples. And I'm grateful for the lesson, but it taught me different things about money than someone who grew up with lots of wealth. Like for me, a lot of what I sort of witnessed in society and within my family system, not explicitly, was that people who had money were bad, that they were evil or that they were deceptive or they got it through lying. And and it was just like, it's there's so many nice people who have money. Like it's not, that's not true. There's many people who don't have money who aren't nice. So it was just, it's really interesting how so much of our unconscious actually shapes what we think is possible. But if we don't know what's there and that it even needs to be shifted, we won't realize why we're never even allowing or seeing these opportunities show up for us. So I'm curious how that intermingles with your work and, and what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, this is such a great topic. We cover this so much in the work. Number one, I'll start with like the most fascinating thing in manifestation is that love and money are always connected. And I may have talked about this before on the podcast, but I'll refresh. It is crazy. They're completely, completely connected. So um, the way that I like to say it is where one of, so let's say people will say, well, if they're connected, I'm in a great partnership. However, like monetarily, I'm really struggling. And the way that I like to put it, number one, because they both represent security, they're the the one thing that every human being is seeking and desires in order to feel safe. It's being loved and, you know, experiencing the give and take of actual love for who you are. And then what money let's call it, represents a security in our society. And so the two are completely connected where you're blocked in one, you're blocked in another. Even if you're in this quote unquote amazing relationship, but not in the career or salary you want to be in or the dream or the whatever. And the way that I like to say that if someone's taking inventory right now of where you fit, maybe you're feeling lack in both, maybe you feel like you have abundance in one and, and you don't in the other, The universe is only intention ever for us, ever in this lifetime. We all came onto the planet completely whole, worthy, and authentic. And then through pain, shame, and programming, we developed what we all know as like our mask and our shells that we're always having to take the layers off of the onion, right? And so the love and money connection is like such a beautiful playing ground to really witness the blocks of this because what the universe is called, like... The universe likes to take what people are most motivated by. Its only intention is to get us back into our whole worthy, authentic selves. So it likes to take the place where people are most motivated to really do that testing, really do that dance, to have you no longer settle for what you used to in the past in order to grow into your authentic soul, whole worthy thing that you came onto this planet to have, be, and do. And so... um, when people are, are like taking inventory and they're thinking like, oh, I have abundance in this one area or I don't, right? Maybe I have lack in both. The universe knowing that two areas were most motivated by love and money, because it's the things that we need the most in order to feel connected and safe and secure in the world uh, or on this human plane, it will mirror exactly what you're blocked in one in order to look at 
the other. So like, let's take um, a friend, for instance, had had brought up this example of her really close friend. And, and at work, he works for a studio. He makes over 500,000 a year. He's really abundant. But in love, yeah, he's been in partnership for a long time, but it's not a deep connection. It's not a soul connection. Um, you know, the communication, the, they're like open relationships, seeing other people, like it's just messy. Like he would say, well, no, I'm not blocked in money. So if we look at him as a whole, uh, he came from wealth. He came from success and his parents. So to him, it's no problem. Like he saw growing up that, oh, I could be in a position of success and have wealth. So I ask him like deeper, okay, so the job you're doing, you know, or this would be the inquiry, the job you're doing. Yeah. You're making over 500,000 a year. It's a successful job. Is this your dream? Are you happy? Is it, let's take it to the relationship realm. Is it intimate? Is it meeting your needs? Like, is the communication great? And he's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, yeah, the universe, there you go. That's the connection where you're blocked in one, you're blocked in the other. And the universe, the invitation that it's continually going to be playing with is it wants you to get into your whole worthy, authentic, like soul space of uh, those two experiences in career and in love. And like you're saying, it doesn't mean it's the Disney myth. It doesn't mean it's the, the thing we've been fed in media. It means being in connection, working out your karma, being in your deepest, most intimate relationship. Like you said, grounding, like what I like to say, it's the um, fan that flames. What does it do? It's like feeds the fire. It helps you grow. It helps you do all the things. So it's really, really fascinating how they're always connected. So like we have a course on both, we have love and money. And so something that I'm becoming very interested in because I love finance because I'm an Aquarius, like nothing to me, nothing to me means like nothing means more to me than freedom. Like that's the one thing that is the most valuable thing in my life. And so one thing I've been working towards when I started this company, it became successful very quickly. Um, You know, it's a very new form of manifestation that people were like, wait, what? This makes all the sense in the world to me. My like negativity, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like it's actually the roadmap to unblocking the thing that's keeping my manifestation away. So it really took off. And so like before there was a big team, I started to make money. And the very first thing I did was I really educated myself on finances. I was like, I'm going to turn all of this into something greater. I'm always going to live beneath my means and I'm going to invest really well. And so something that's become really interesting to me is diversification. We see that in finance, like always be diversified. And so I've worked really hard to get to the point where through my real estate and my, you know, investment portfolio, I'm really diversified. So like if my company fell apart tomorrow, it's fine. Like I'm okay. I'm totally fine. And so that's something I'm, I'm really starting to lean into and play with because even though we teach people the energetics of money and again, like going on the site, looking for expanders, you can read gazillions of testimonies of like people who have manifested more income, their careers they want, like unbelievable salaries, blah, 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 blah. But now the thing I'm becoming really interested in is like teaching people diversification so that you can have freedom. Like that's the piece that no matter that you're 
security, happiness, connection is never dependent on something, some one thing. There's, you have many baskets that can help, you know? And so that's something I'm, I'm starting to play with and be like, who do I collaborate with on this like really fun manifestation money thing? But that's that connection. The love money connection is so big. And it's, it's one of the greatest motivators for someone who that's the thing I love about this work in manifestation, honestly. And I think what makes to be magnetic really successful is that there's a lot of work out there that's really beneficial for people. However, unless they're really motivated by a carrot, they're not going to do that work. And so it's honestly like people will say, yeah, I manifested the big thing I wanted, but like really the piece that was the the best is that I, I really worked with my inner child and my shadow and I, you know, healed all of these blocks, et cetera, et cetera, that it's kind of the coolest thing because people are so motivated to like find the love or find the money or have the career, or the home or the whatever that the, like the real gift is, is that they do the work to integrate and, you know, and change and all that stuff. But that I would say that those are the two biggest motivators for people, love and money for manifestation. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And and just this crossing of recognizing where you settle emotionally in one area of your life will transcend to other areas, even though we might see monetary success or we're in a relationship, which actually doesn't equate relational success. You At know, all. it's like, are we actually happy? Are we thriving? Is, is, is are people needs that? Because we've inherited so much and I I was just writing about this the other day, just this idea that what we inherited wasn't really, you know, uh, we in, we inherited a bad rap in a lot of ways in terms of what we've witnessed relationally. And that's not anyone's fault. It's that up until this point and still true today, a lot of us depended on our relationships purely for survival or purely to raise children, but not actually looking at them as a place where we can self-actualize, where we can become, we can heal things. Like who in our grandparents' generation was like, I'm so grateful for your grandpa. He like brings up my stuff and it really makes me want to look and heal the things that I went through, you know, growing up in the Great Depression, you know, whatever it is. I never heard that. No, that's so rare, you know? So I think being able to look at the money part of it too, because the diversification that's interesting. There's a book, um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. I remember reading that years ago and in it, they had this, thing that they're like, if you lose your relationship and your relationship is your life, it's going to feel like you lost your life. But if your relationship is just an aspect of your life and your relationship dissolves, you still have all this other, you know, parts of you. And that really, you know, Gabor Mate, when I interviewed him, he talked about healing is really the restoration of wholeness. And I think about that, that big shift relationally is that we have to see relationships as being an aspect of our life that we invest in, that invest in us, that have payoffs, dividends, and also require, you know, sweat equity. But also, if we did lose it, we'd be okay. And that's, there's, it doesn't mean we won't be devastated or grieving or sad or anything like that. But that there's just a deep knowing that you have a self still. And I think there's something that has been made romantic about the eradication of self or self erasure mm-hmm. and sort of like laying it at the at the throne of love, which I'm like, oh, that self erasure for love, that doesn't, it should be like self magnification through love, you know? Totally. Just sounds like a trauma bond to me. I'm like, no, this is, you know, and that's so romantic to people, right? But 
again, that's just like the, the media myth. So how does one, if they're doing this inner child work and beginning to look at, um, you named earlier the having a desire, but then looking at the test and looking at, so is there a process that we could sort of like cover for people to, that they can, you know, maybe just follow and then, and dive deeper, deeper into your work? The one thing I like, I, I love to start people with, they're like, I'm not ready to do all, like, I'm just curious about this, this whole uh, method, let's call it. It's really liberating for people when, and you're, I mean, this is huge for you in your work that I like to tell people that no is the most magnetic word that you have. Like, and, and so it's so funny with like old manifestation, it's always like, think positive, be in the vortex, be in the love frequency, don't have negative thoughts. And it's like, in fact, all that's going to do is keep you complacent, like right where you are. You're not going to get out of that. You may have little things that come through and happen, but but nothing big is going to shift and you won't see results in manifestation. However, when you start to set boundaries and you start to say no, you want to talk about magnetism. <laughs> it's like the universe is like, oh, wait, oh, wait a second you're no longer going to settle for all of the shit that you used to settle for in the past. And, and now you're going to say my authentic self and worth is the most meaningful thing in my life. Oh, cool. Let me start to connect you with some stuff that you want. Because if the universe's <laughs> only intention <laughs> is to get you back into your whole worthy, authentic self, it's, it's, it, all it wants you to do is pull off the onion layers. All it wants you to do is like really, really like reassess the pain, shame and programming you went to, to get, that's what, that's what the veil is. That's what it needs to get off you to really actually align with, oh, this is who I am. This is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do, be and have on the human, you know, plane and the human experience. And so like, that's one thing I always like to have people do. I'm like, just take a week of saying no to all of the shit that you do, that you don't want to do. And obviously bigger stuff like quitting the job, et cetera, et cetera, oh, yeah. that takes time. And, and there's definitely like a process to that but like let's take the little stuff that, that your codependency your people pleasing is just going to do today that it continues to do and just take a week to say no and then after you're done with that come on over and like there's a, a few like free things you can do that will blow your mind in this work that you're going to be like uh-huh. Okay. Like I'm, re I'm ready to dig into this inner child this shadow and really get what I want like what those things are Number one, like we have this free clarity exercise. And so it gives you a taste of like our hypnosis process. And it also just, it'll, it'll be this moment of where you're like, wow, I've never seen this version of myself before. I had no idea that this is what I wanted. Okay. Yeah. I want to know more about that. So like do the no for a week, go in and try that exercise. And then after that, one of the second steps of manifestation, there's a few steps. It's like getting clear on what you want, making the list beyond that. You're going to start to look at like inner child shadow, et cetera. You're going to learn about that. There's a concept of test. Like I talked about before, there's also pings, like the intuitive downloads you get, how to follow those, how to navigate those. There's a piece called the magic dark. So you learn about that. Right. But anyways, like, let's say you're not ready to engage with any of that. Like, come on over, do the no for a week, come on over and try the clarity exercise and then start to look at expanders because we all know that's a second step that you have to do it in order to expand 
whatever you know you want to call in to see to believe that it's possible and go to the testimony section that you know we can link here and start to look at and read like the thing you're calling in the most like how did other people do it and that it's possible like see to believe oh I relate to this person if they did it I can do it too and I call that the aha moment so that's a really big piece and then of course like we have a podcast where literally our entire podcast is dedicated to educating this version of manifestation so the cool thing about it is we always have one episode a month it's called explained and it's where we'll break down the concept of tests the concept of pink it's a whole episode dedicated towards that another episode we have a month is called the process so it's where we actually bring on a real member who does the work who manifested something big we have a ton of them like past archives that one can listen to and they literally walk through the entire process of how they did it so it's another version of finding an expander but the starting point is like just play with no just start playing with that word and see what starts to come up in your life and the magic that starts to happen from it Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Yeah, I heard a quote recently that said, um, every no creates space for your sacred yes. Oh, love it. Right? Rachel Maddox is the person who said it, not the woman from CNN. What I love about that is just the power of boundary, like the power of creating space for self to become. And if, as you said, uh, if we're codependent, if we're a people pleaser, which those two things really are so (laughs) intertwined, we don't even know we've put so much energy into other people and then use that to source our self-worth that we are not even realizing that through sourcing through other for worth and validation, we could take all that energy and put it into creating a self and some worth so that we don't need other people's validation. Like we become the validation we're seeking. And that is such a powerful shift when we go from trying to, you know, figure out as you said, our two motivators are money and relationship. And I've certainly seen that. There's very few people that don't deeply desire great connections and likely great wealth. You know, so if if we can use the desire for love and sharing love with other people, our children, because children, I mean, even if it's not a romantic partner that will motivate you, your relationship with your child can motivate you to become the best parent, to become the best example, to heal our bullshit so that we're not handing down a, a U-Haul truck filled with baggage. You know, that's someone handed to us. But like at some point, the work has to be done. And I love that you correlate that the work actually not just will benefit in terms of you feeling healed, witnessed, seen, but you can actually use that work to create, which is a different way of seeing it. Like if I said to someone, hey, do your inner child work, and they're like, ugh, gross. But if it's like, hey, actually, if you do this work, you'll be able to create love and abundance. 
Yeah, truly. And it's like such a funny thing because, um, you know, I think of myself who is a codependent, like recovering and people pleaser. So many of us are, everyone sort of falls on the spectrum, you know, or they can be on the other spectrum of narcissism. Right. And so, um, which is all, all of them are just based in trauma. That's it. But the thing that is interesting, like, I love what you said is, uh, you know, if you identify as a codependent or a people pleaser and like, just saying no to create boundaries, to create self, that can sound really scary. Like that sounds really like, holy shit. It sounds exciting because it's like, oh, how liberating that would be, but very scary to take the first steps. But the coolest piece like we're talking about is that in combination with just knowing a few parts of like strategy, like of how to manifest will get you what you want. Like nothing should sound more exciting than that. So not only, and so like when we talk about the category of, let's say, love, like someone who's calling in a child, partnership, also repaired relationships with caretakers, parents, like actual integration where there's no longer, um, there's that healed part where there's no longer animosity or anger or you, you process that. So like that's like, let's say that love, there's a lot in that category. But when we say money, wealth, Everybody, everybody's version of that is different. But not only that, when we're talking about like energetics of manifestation, everything that sits in that is home. It's also um, like salary. It's also career, dreams, entrepreneurship, uh, all of that sits in that. So like how cool it is it that when you start working on one, you're automatically working on the other and they start to meet each other and you start to grow in both and manifest both. Like, so for the person that's out there identifying like the word no and boundaries, how do I even do them? Which you teach wonderfully on. That sounds really scary. Well, the cool thing is that in combination with just knowing how to dance with the universe a little bit, is going to get you everything you want. Like that's so awesome and motivating. And I mean, you can attest to this in your life in your own way. And I certainly can like through healing and integrating and doing that work, I have manifested everything I want. Like everything I want. Um, and the coolest thing is now it's like, you're saying I'm I literally like generational trauma stops here. Like I'm, I'm doing that for mm. my child, but also like for everybody in the past, like, and that's cool. And I love digging into that work and doing that, but like, what a gift that's, and that I really believe that's the thing that changes the world. Like whatever your political view is or your thing or your that or this or whatever, like that's the thing that changes everything consciousness it changes consciousness yeah i agree i think when you can sit with all the complex parts of yourself you can sit with the complexity of other people you know you're and the able world. to yeah you're able to sit with the understanding that all of us have our stuff that some of us maybe are able to sit a little longer with it or be able to witness it and be curious about it rather than reactive to it which my god that is the work right it's like when I feel defensive or reactive to something Kai says, which I haven't done that yet, exhausted, I can't wait to experience that because, you know, after you have a kid, I know oh, yeah. you're generally right. So I'm going to have to dig deep into the emotional reserves. But the beauty is you start to see that you can, you start to rewire your brain of what's possible. And the same is true of saying no to a pattern when we're dating or saying no to our own pattern of how we react or saying no to a pattern of how we witness money or we notice an unconscious thought coming up that normally we would have just let go and it would decide our life, it would decide our future. And we do this all the time. 
And it's like, man, if we could just become mindful of those things so we could change them instead of recreating, I think it's Tony Robbins who said, um, your biography is not your destiny unless you keep reliving it. You know, and I think so much of it, so many of us are reliving our biography or reliving our past. And one thing I love that you said, like in the mindfulness piece, because like we hear that word a lot, you know, I do, like I've been practicing all forms of spirituality, meditation, et cetera. And I feel like I'm just starting to grasp it. And like my version of where I'm at with that is I'm no longer triggered when the old lack thought pops up or someone has an opposing view to me or in my relationship, that's always going to be work, but it's not as drastic as it used to be. I used to be a runner. I'm an avoidant. So I'd be like, fuck it. I'm out of here. See ya. Like my mom did that with me and her partners. Like she would just take her kid and leave, you know, like it's so damaging, but like that's mindfulness to me, or maybe it's level one after practicing a lot, like how freeing it is to no longer, like you said, let that thing control our destiny, like the mindfulness to have the space between, you know, that's when you've really done the work and you started integrating a little bit to have a little bit of space when those old things you're no longer feeling reactive to, and you have a little space to be like, Let's pull into the reserves here. How do I address this? I'm no longer going to freak out, be in lack, do this, like lash out, et cetera. Like that, that to me is wealth. Like that's real wealth to be able to no longer be controlled by that anymore. Mm. Oh man, to no longer be controlled by the automation, you know, to choose to write our own programs, to choose to create the things we want. Lacey. It's always such a gift to have you on here and share your thoughts and feelings. And I'm excited to have a conversation once I have some uh, parenting under my belt. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I want to like have, have a convo at that like two year mark where I'm like, let's geek out about this. <laughs> like, let's, let's dig in deep because oh, man. I'm, I'm definitely not in a place where I'm at all ready to like engage or write like parenting stuff yet. I think that to me, that will be, it'll definitely be like, there'll need a lot of, there'll need to be a lot of hindsight. Uh, but I, it is something like, I love to geek out with fellow parents who are like deep in the work. Like you get it. Like you're deep in the inner child deep in the shadow, somatic, except like, it is such a fun conversation to learn how to navigate and strategize and, and be present and be there and make mistakes. It's just so fun. So I can't wait to have that conversation soon. And I'm excited you guys are embarking on this. Ooh, it's so soon. Um, I'm curious for the people listening, where can they find more of you, more of the stuff that you spoke about too. And for you listening, we'll make sure we put it all in the show notes. Yeah. Number one, go check out the podcast. Like that's just the perfect, we always like, I'll have Jessica link, um, manifestation 101. So you just understand what it is, what we're talking about, et cetera. Second, again, go look at the testimonies and start expanding, start seeing to believe what's possible. Third, try the free clarity exercise. It's right on the front page. You can find it, no problem. And see if this is even for you, if it vibes, if it fits. Um, we always have, obviously, our uh, social media as well to be magnetic. But the podcast is like the real place to absorb all of the information. Beautiful. All right, we'll make sure we link it all out. Uh, once again, appreciate you coming back on and look forward to doing one on uh, manifesting good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much as always, Mark. This was great. 